Welcome to a message of grace. How do you communicate with someone that can't speak your language? Can you effectively share a message with them? What difference can one word or even a single letter make in that communication? Today, Pastor Bruce Gellhorn looks at the power of language and at the differences that that word or letter can make in the message. Let's listen. Our first reading for this day is from the 11th chapter of the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis. It is the story of the Tower of Babel, a story that it attempts to explain why there are many different languages. It is set in the context of people wanting to build a tower that would reach up to God. You will hear the words in our reading today. Come, let us build for ourselves. And you will also hear, Come, let us make a name for ourselves. Human sinfulness, the ego, pride, let us, let us. The reality of human sinfulness is that pride gets in the way of our relationship with God. And one, when one thinks they are the ultimate as opposed to God, there is confusion, there is chaos. Let us listen. A reading from Genesis. Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as they migrated from the east, they came upon a plain in the land of Shinir and settled there. And they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had a brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its tops in the heavens and let us make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we shall be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. The Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the mortals had built. And the Lord said, Look, they are one people, and they all have one language, and this is only the beginning of what they will do. Nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language there so that they will not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth, and they left off the building the city. Therefore, it was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there, the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. Our second reading is from the second chapter of the book of the Acts of the Apostles. It is the first Pentecost. You will remember how at the time of the Passover, 
Jesus gathered with his disciples to celebrate the Passover, the night in which he was betrayed. At that time, Jewish people would go to the temple and they would offer a sheaf of barley as a sacrifice for the harvest or the seeding to come. Pentecost, 50 days later, they would return to Jerusalem and offer a loaf of barley, giving God thanks for the gift of the spring harvest. It is Pentecost, and every Jew within 20 miles of Jerusalem was required to be there for this celebration. And it was every Jew's desire to at least once in their lifetime, no matter where they live beyond that 20-mile radius, to attend at least one Pentecost celebration. So here we have in Jerusalem, 50 days after Easter, the first Easter, and here we are 50 days after Easter, and there's people from every country speaking all kinds of languages, and the disciples are given the gift of speaking in different languages. And just as a little bit of something to maybe whet your appetite and to know what's gonna happen in a minute, as Sue is reading the second lesson, there's going to be several people who pop up throughout the congregation starting to read the same lesson in a different language. In our Old Testament lesson, the language was used to confound and confuse. But here with the gift of wind, breath, fire, and spirit, God undoes the confounding and God's word is clearly articulated, and God's word spreads. Let us listen. A reading from Acts. When the day of Pentecost had come, the apostles were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one heard speaking in a native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all those who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each one of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamnites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Perigia and Pamelia, Egypt and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes. Cretans and Arabs, in our own language we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. <clears throat> but Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. 
and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall see dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will show portents in the heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. The Holy Gospel according to the 14th chapter of St. John. Glory to you, O Lord. Philip said to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask for anything, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him or knows him. You know him, because he abides with you, and he will be in you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, this past weekend, it was the Luther Village Bikeathon. And you know, I don't have a lot of red clothing. I got a lot of red cycling jerseys. Uh, so usually I don't dress the way I was dressed this morning in the Narthex. I usually have a black clerical collar on with my suit. But uh, I have cycling shirts with more red than this one, but I wore the one I wore today. Why? My name's on it. Uh, Bruce's, it's a store in Saskatoon called Bruce's Cycle Works. So I wore one of my cycling jerseys today with the red to remember Pentecost. When we're at the bikeathon, each and every year it's become part of the litur liturgy of who's ever in our cabins. And I don't start it off, but this conversations about cycling start off. And people start talking about how far they have cycled. And, you know, the numbers vary, 100K, 170K, 200K. 
And uh, Pastor Rick Sauer and I, we have driven 240 kilometers, leaving from Winnipeg and driving all the way to Luther Village. We'd leave like at 7.30 in the morning and we would be there in time for supper. Part of the liturgy of sharing these stories is something that happened a few years back. We had two other pastors join us, one who is now the bishop of our synod, Bishop Jason Zinko, and Pastor Jim Vickers. We set out in the morning, and the pace was, usually, was a little slower than we usually go. Jim was a little bit of a slower rider, and when we got to Prouda, I was looking at my watch, thinking, we're not going to get there. And Jim said, you know what, you guys go ahead, and my wife is coming, and whenever she catches up to me, I'll just put my bike in the vehicle and continue on that way. Now, when we pulled out of Prouda, it was a beautiful day. And they had just put new asphalt on the highway that summer. Brand new asphalt, not a crack on it. 19 degrees Celsius, blue, blue sky, and a little bit of a tailwind. We pulled out on the highway and I start cruising along. And Rick Sauer, who's behind me, says, and Jason is behind Rick. Jason says, you can't keep this pace up. <laughs> what? <laughs> now, I'm not competitive. I kick it up a notch. It was a gorgeous day, beautiful, and we sing along to uh, where the border is between Manitoba and Ontario, so I pull off a little snack, whatnot. Rick's behind me, and he pulls off too. And I said, where's Jason? And Rick said, well, I, I pulled up to you, and I said, Jason said he can't keep this pace up. Jason said, he can't keep this pace up. What I heard was, Jason said, you can't keep this pace up. One word. One word was different. He and you. Now, lest you think our bishop is a slow rider or a slacker, a couple of years ago, we went to Ragbri. And uh, some of our people here in our room are in Ragbri. Ragbri is a ride across Iowa that's close to 800 kilometers in one week. Our organist Guzran has gone on it. Raymond's gone on it. Jason was training for triathlons that summer. He was gone every day. I couldn't keep up with him at all. But one word, one word can make so much of a difference and how something is interpreted. I am told that English is a hard language to learn because of all the exceptions to the rules and all the idiosyncrasies. But one of the reasons, too, is 
For example, if I say to you, spell two. T-O, T-double-O, T-W-O. Pronounced the same, spelt differently, but they all mean something different, right? T-W-O is the number two. T-O is, uh, let's go to the restaurant after church. I don't know. And uh, there's also T-O-O, which means also. Oh, I'm coming along too. Not too, but also. Words mean different things, and words are powerful. Language is powerful. A few months ago, and I used this in a sermon at the time, um, Elaine and I were in Mexico in Puerto Varda, and we were swimming in the pool, and I saw this tattoo emblazoned on the back shoulder of a woman. Now, somebody in church said to Elaine after that sermon, when I used that story, what was he doing looking at another woman's shoulder? I don't know. I saw this tattoo. And I thought it said, love like you were dying. And I thought, wow, how profound. And so there we were in the pool, and for the next hour, I was having all these theological thoughts about love like you were dying, you know, setting a course for how we live our lives. And then later on, I saw that tattoo on the same woman again, and it didn't say love like you are dying. It said live like you are dying, which I am told is a song that Tim McGraw did or does. I'm not much of a, a country fan. One letter can mean something so different. Of course, live like you are dying means there's kind of a bucket list that you want to get done. done. But love like you are dying is quite different. Last week, in reference to our reading from Revelation, I referenced an obituary that was on the back of a funeral bulletin. Some of these things I throw in a file and I see them and I, I have no idea whether I used them before or not. But it was interesting because uh, in the obituary on the back of the funeral bulletin, it said, it was supposed to say cremation, C-R-E-M-A-T-I-O-N has already taken place, and they left one letter out. They left the letter M out. So it read C-R-E-A-T-I-O-N. Creation has already taken place. Now, it's not appropriate to smile at a funeral, but on the inside, I was grinning because I knew this woman and her faith, and I knew that when she passed, creation had already taken place. Years ago, our youth, when we were traveling to a youth gathering, did a skit. Every day at the end of the day on the bus ride, a different youth group would have to take care of devotions. And our youth group did one, a skit. And the skit was of, a, of an alien from another planet coming to Earth. So it was, and they would land, and of course there's humans there, and so they would talk, start conversing with the human. And so they'd point, what's that? And the human would go, that's a lake. And they go, oh, on our planet, that's a teardrop. Oh, what's that? That's a mountain. Oh, on our planet, that's a, a, a bump. 
And then they said, what's that? And they were pointing to a church. What's that? And so they, they said, oh, that building over there? Yeah, on top of the building. And uh, the English person, a, a, a pigeon? No, 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 no. What's on top of the building, you know? And they said, oh, a cross. Well, what's that for? And then the human says, well, God sent Jesus to tell us about God's love and to explain things to us and to teach us. And the alien said, oh, if God sent God's son to us, we would have a party, a big party. What did you do? And they said, we crucified him. In our text today, our second reading, we hear how the disciples are in a room behind locked doors because they're afraid, and suddenly there's a rush of a mighty wind, and they're given the ability to speak different languages because Jerusalem is full of people from all over the known world with every language. And they go out into the streets and they speak in a language that the people can understand. According to the internet, there are 7,099 different languages. Also according to the internet, um, there are about 1,700 of those languages that are only spoken by 1,000 people. And those 1,000 people are quite elderly. So in a few years, there's going to be less languages. However, there's still going to be 5,000 different languages that are spoken. Communication. It can be difficult, even when we speak the same language. But when you speak a different language, communication is almost impossible. And when we can't communicate, as was the case in our Old Testament lesson today, there is confusion, chaos, misunderstandings, hurt feelings, broken expectations. But when community, uh, com communication is good, you can move forward. When communication is good and clearly articulated and received and understood, there can be unity of mind and purpose. It is this unity of mind and purpose that we hope for in our relationships with each other. It was, is this good, clear communication, this unity of mind and purpose that we hope for in the church, in our church. The spirit-given restoration of communication and our lesson from Acts is not the self-serving pride of the Old Testament Genesis reading, come let us build for ourselves, or come let us make a name for ourselves, but rather the spirit-given gifts create community that hears, understands, and witnesses to the gospel of Jesus Christ. When there is clearly articulated communication, 
It is as that old, that, that second reading from Acts, 3,000 were added to their number that day. Wow. 3,000 added to their number. And our purpose is the same as that first Pentecost, to share the message of Jesus and God's love. To share the message as we leave these walls, as the disciples of old did when they left that room, to share that message in all we say and do in our day-to-day -day life. To share the message of the love of God. To love like you were dying. To be a new creation. God communicated with us in a language that we could understand. Christ took our place. Christ paid the debt we were to pay. Jesus went to the cross, spread his arms, and said, Now do you see how much I love you? And there is no mistaking that language. Amen. Thank you for listening to A Message of Grace. If you would like more information on our congregation and how we can be of service to you, please visit our website at www.gracelutheran.ca or check us out on Facebook. Peace be with you.